The Tom Woods Show, episode 1223. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Homeschooling parents, it's going to be time to start thinking about next year before you know it. Let me recommend to you the self-taught Ron Paul curriculum, which I've been using with my daughters. It's going to preserve your mental health while it gives them a top-notch education. Plus, get $160 worth of free bonuses when you use my link, ronpaulhomeschool.com. Hey, everybody, Tom Woods here. This is the kind of topic you are going to hear only on the Tom Woods Show, let's face it. And we're talking about when you have enemies or you're dealing with trolls online. And by the way, you will. If you stand for anything, you are going to have enemies. If you don't have enemies, then you're not standing for things. You're not standing for anything that matters because... You're not going to be the first person in the history of the world who has no enemies, but yet who has very strong opinions. That's impossible. So you're going to have enemies. But my view is, if you're going to have them, might as well make them, you know, carry their weight. Might as well monetize them somehow. You know, how could you monetize your enemies? But it can be done. It absolutely can be done that you can take trolls and uh, vicious people and crazy people. And believe me, in the libertarian world, ain't no shortage of crazy people uh, who are going to attack you, call you crazy, bizarre, insane names, things like that. So I've been doing my best to monetize my enemies, to make some kind of an income out of my enemies. So, for example, over the past several days, it's the most bizarre thing ever, this uh, hip-hop guy. And I, in the interview that you're about to hear, I couldn't remember his name. I, I don't know how that's possible after 8 million tweets from the guy, but I just blanked on his name. But uh, Talib Kweli was uh, for some reason um, tweeting at me for days on end. Uh, I guess what happened, well, he's a hip-hop guy, and apparently reasonably well-known, and, and uh, he has 1.1 million Twitter followers, according to Twitter. And he, um, I guess somebody sent him my video about Hitler and economics to try to make clear to him that Hitler was not, in fact, for the free market. How about that? That Hitler wanted a major, major state role in the economy. So instead of grappling with that, his first instinct was, well, let me see what I can find that's bad about this Tom Woods, which is sort of a logical fallacy because no matter how bad I am, it doesn't actually affect whether what I'm saying is true or false. So this just became the most vicious, insane, bizarre Twitter spectacle I've ever been part of in all the years I've been on Twitter because he was relentlessly attacking for, I, I would say it was a solid 12 hours non-stop. And then he went to sleep for a little while, and then the next day it went on non-stop. And then Eric July was also part of this. You guys all know Eric July. He was the host of my thousandth episode. He's the front man of the band Backwards, and he does a lot of stuff online. And Talib was going at it with uh, Eric July. And Eric just kept on going day after day. After, it's probably still going with Eric, just day after day after day, fighting and fighting and fighting. But I was able to actually earn some dough out of this situation. And I'll in this interview you're about to hear that I recorded the other day, you'll hear exactly how I did that. And I think there's some, you know, there's some value in that because there's something delicious and satisfying about not just vanquishing your enemies, that's nice, but actually profiting from them. And that, that's just that's just capitalism at its very, very best. And I know there will be some people who feel uncomfortable with words like enemies. Woods, we don't have any enemies. We just have friends we haven't met yet. Well, all right, but maybe that's how you are. I have enemies. It just, just happens. I don't want to have them. I'd like to be friendly with people, but not everybody feels like reciprocating. And uh, But it's not just this one particular incident. You know, Once in a while you get some crazy person who emails you in all caps and he's got some bizarro theory. Um, you know, so, so I get emails saying that I'm a Zionist shill or that I'm the opposite of that or what I, I – I, you know, it's a typical day in the life of a libertarian. One guy accuses you of being on the left. Another guy accuses you of being on the right. And then you go to bed and that's – that's about it. You wake up and the pattern is repeated the next day. But I take those emails from crazy people and I monetize them. I make money off of crazy people because that that should happen. That should happen because not only should they be put in their place because I, I, I deal with just insane or just nasty, nasty people. And nasty people 
should be corrected in some way, but also to be able to say, and by the way, after your nastiness, you actually are just lining my pocket. Don't you understand that? I mean, don't you, don't you understand? Do you not, you're on my email list and you don't get that I make examples out of people like you and it actually benefits me. And meanwhile, I'm teaching my people how to do this. I'm teaching them, this is what you do when a nasty, rotten person writes to you out of the clear blue just to call you names. This is what you do with the person. I try to teach these things, you know? I don't want to just keep all this knowledge for myself. But the thing is, I'm an amateur when it comes to this stuff. I'm a total amateur. The real masters are the people who are going to be discussing this with me today. And they are Ben Settle, who is my mentor when it comes to email marketing. BenSettle.com is where you should go sign up for his email list. He is the publisher of the Email Players Newsletter that I receive. It's a print newsletter that I receive every month, and I devour it every single month. I've learned a ton from Ben, and if you go to BenSettle.com, you will see that the top people in the industry have given him testimonials and just say, this guy is the bee's knees. And if you look at uh, Bob Bly, who I've had on the show before, Matt Fury, uh, the whole, whole long, long list, Gary Bensavenga, Ken McCarthy, just pioneers in internet marketing and email marketing. And they say, you got to listen to Ben Settle. Then also Shane Hunter, known as the Abrasive Entrepreneur. You can check him out at abrasiveads.com. And he's actually started coaching me, as a matter of fact. So I'm going to get even better at this sort of stuff. So they're going to talk me through what I did right, what I did wrong, what I could do better in the future, what we can all learn from situations like this. Is there a way that you should handle enemies? You should handle people who want to do you harm or who want to say terrible things about you. What is the best approach to that? And can you also make them even angrier and crazier by somehow profiting from their hatred? That, that to me is just the sweetest possible revenge a person could possibly have. All right, so let's transition now into my interview with Ben and Shane, and here we go. All right, you guys know what happened uh, over the past week. I had this uh, rapper. What's his name? You guys know this guy? I, I so, just call him the I just call him the wannabe Luke Cage of hip hop. I, I forget his name. I, <laughs> his name is Talib Kweli, and I'm sorry if I uh, mispronounced that. Uh, but he's actually, yeah. So it's funny, there's different layers to hip hop, right? There's like mainstream hip hop, who are your Jay-Zs, who everybody on the planet knows who he is. And then there's your underground, who are the guys that get like the street cred, right? So Talib Kweli is really like the Ben Settle and Shane Hunter of hip hop. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really, really screwed up to me that he's so against it. But Ben, how often do we see this? Right, yeah. with, with people that are exactly like us, but they're on the opposite <laughs> side of the fence, and we laugh while they make everybody that's you know our fans pissed off. Oh yeah, but, yeah, it's fun. It is yeah. fun when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so what I had happened was somehow I got dragged into some stupid conversation because I gave some talk. It was, I gave an academic style talk about what Hitler's views on economics were. And it was sort of to show that it turns out Hitler was not really for the free market. You know, you never, never <laughs> guess. Right. So Don't I just say. I just laid that out and I almost hated to do it because I mean, you know, gee, I'm against Hitler. Like, wow, that there, that takes a lot of of courage. But I did want to clarify that because people are saying that libertarians are like Nazis. I'm saying that's not really true, you know? So I did that. So they dragged me in because they were trying to explain to him that Hitler was not for the free market. So instead of just trying to internalize the information, he immediately thought, well, let me see what's bad about this Woods character who's delivering the information. So all of a sudden, I'm getting this barrage of things, and he's accusing me of being in the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just absolute insanity. Now, I didn't I, – I wouldn't say I handled it super well. Like, I had some pretty good trolling responses, but I, I, I took it much too much at face value. He said this, so I better give the answer, which is that. That, that was not the best way to handle this. I should have trolled this guy hard, okay, and I so just t- didn't. Tom, can I do something that like mainstream media won't do? Yeah, of course. That's what the whole show's for. Tom Woods, are you a member of the Ku Klux Klan? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh my God. No, I'm not. <laughs> Holy yeah. Well, oh, there, there's your first beep. I'm sorry, audio guy. Um, and, and, and by the way, and by the way, n- n- neither is 99.9 with a bar over it percent of America. I mean, to talk about hysteria. The Ku Klux right. Klan has like 3,000 members in all of the USA. I mean, there are there are way more flat earthers than that. Way more. 
But what happened to the America that used to ask that question to people? Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, look, I'm not, I don't even, I mean, at this point, they use KKK to mean like Bob Dole. So everybody kind of knows. They do. That's, yeah, that's why you got to like, honestly, the, the way I've always dealt with that, and I love getting accused of stupid stuff. I mean, literally, I almost like seek it out now. I do it all the time. <laughs> it's because you, you just agree and amplify. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I just got my grand poobah robe on right now. Let me, then I'll answer your question. But the thing is, they have no sense of humor. So they say, aha, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding. This guy, because he went after Gavin McInnes, and McInnes made a video showing, look at this idiot. I was doing exactly what you're recommending, Ben. And then he would come back with, aha, see, that proves you're in the clan. I mean, yeah, what? but that, dude, that gives you even more, like, you understand, nobody's taking, like, the people you are trying to reach are not taking anything he says seriously at this point. If they did before, they, they just show, why would they, right? And, uh, you, you got it, it. What matters is what your audience thinks and the people that you're trying to get, you know, around to talking to, not people who would actually believe that. Yeah, that's true. There is, but isn't there this temptation, Ben, that I know you would try to coach people out of? I know you hate the word coach, but but you know what I'm <laughs> saying. Uh, there's this temptation to feel like, but I want everybody to like me. No, that's the temptation. I want everybody to hate me, and I want like a very small group of people to like. <laughs> me. Do you think people like me and Shane? I mean, in droves. Yeah. Guarantee you we have more people that hate us than like Tom, them. you need to learn the ways of the introvert, my friend. <laughs> we don't like very many people at all. Like Ben lives on the coast of Oregon. I live in the middle of the desert. This week, I'll drive to see him. That will be my one trip away from home this year. <laughs> ben will probably make another trip this year where he goes to an event. <laughs> and that will be it. <laughs> That's how we oh. do things. You see, and so that appeal to everybody, I don't think that exists to us. Well, it used to, but yeah. we had to shed that. And it was, I think, I think it's in varying degrees in certain people. And it depends on whether you're an extrovert, an omnivert, or an introvert, you know, and people fluctuate between those. But for the most part, we've all got our levels, right? Well, let me jump in with kind of a lesson I learned from publishing. Yeah. When I, in 2008, I had a book I co-authored with another guy called Who Killed the Constitution? And when we went out promoting that, well, there are parts of that book that, you know, a right winger will love. But there are parts that some left wingers would love if they would ever read it. And yeah. so we pitched it. This is 10 years ago. I was but a pup. We pitched it all wrong. We pitched it as, oh, this is a book for everybody. And so it didn't it didn't do very well. Whereas the following year, I wrote a book on the financial crisis. And I wanted this to be the book on the financial crisis that everybody would read. And my publisher said, no, st stop that. We're the publisher. We'll tell you what your book's going to be. Your book is going to be the book for people who do not want to see capitalism, so-called, blamed for the financial crisis because it's dumb. It's not – so we're going to have a subtitle that makes clear this is the book for free market people to read. And I resisted that so much. I said, no, no, no. I want this to be the – they said, no, what we're doing with this subtitle is identifying your audience and saying to them, this is the book for you. And my idealistic brain wouldn't go for that. Thankfully, I did listen to them because I thought, but, but no, why should I be confined to this one small group? And now I've learned that, well, that book became a New York Times bestseller. So it turns out they do know what they're talking about. Well, just look at, look at, I mean, you're the, it's funny that you, you missed this, Tom, because like you see politics more than Shane and I do. Like you're in this world and look at Trump. You think he tried to appeal to everybody? I mean, he appealed <laughs> to a very, he, what he did, and it's not like he's any special. I mean, Reagan did the same thing and any smart politician does it. You go after your main troops first, a white hot center of the market. And then you'd be amazed. It's, it's other people will come in on their own if you just stay true to whatever it is you're doing. And it's, it's a very simple thing. Well, every single movement begins with a small group of people. And that's what everybody forgets, right? In order to make money in internet marketing, you have to be able to make your first dollar. But everybody's too busy focusing on the hundred dollars or the thousand dollars or the million dollars that they want to make tomorrow. That nobody's looking at how easy it is to make one dollar. If you can make one dollar, you can replicate that one dollar into a hundred, a thousand, a million, ten million, however much you want. Once you build in systems, right? And hire employees. That's the beauty of capitalism. That's how this all works. But trying to teach that to somebody, again, it's like reverse logic to what we were taught in school, right? <laughs> because, uh, because instead of trying to be a good boy and fit into the crowd, which is the bigger population, right? You're being taught that you have to do the opposite. 
And that's why becoming an entrepreneur is hard. That's why thinking is hard. That's why politics is hard, right? That's why all of these scholastic endeavors are difficult and why most people shy away and instead spend eight hours a night Netflix binging. All right, let me ask Ben something here because Ben, you are great at, if somebody criticizes you, you make an email out of it and you wind up making sales out of it. In fact, I find those are the emails that make the most sales. So I want to know from you, if you were in my shoes and you got this guy, now he's got 1.1 million followers on Twitter, but there's something screwy about these followers because he'll tweet something and he gets three retweets out of a million and I've got 63,000 and I get I get uh, 300 retweets. You know, so there's something screwy about his followers, but that's another question. But suppose you're on the receiving end of that. Here's how I handled that. I made two e- I have two email lists. I made an email out of it for each one of those lists. And then just for Twitter only, I took my high-end, which for me, high-end is $497, but I took my high-end paid product, I knocked $200 off it for just two hours using his first name, Talib, as the coupon code. (laughs) And I said, you're going to make me money. And he did. I'm taking an all-expense-paid vacation next month because of this guy. Uh, Was that, what else could I have done or what could I have done better? Well, I mean, I think what you did was great. I mean, if it, especially if he paid for a vacation for you, that's capitalism. Yeah, he did. And that's an email, right? So like everything you just told me, you you told me about five email ideas and I would milk this thing still. Just knock <laughs> the hell out of, you know who's really good? There's two people who are really good at this. And I know you follow one of them. I don't know if you follow the other. One would be Vox Day. I mean, he just relentlessly mocks his enemies to the point where it's like, man, you almost feel bad for his enemies. The second guy is a guy on Twitter. I don't know if you follow him, but his name's Hotep Jesus. Do you know who he is? I've seen him interviewed by one of my friends. Yeah, I, I got your email. I forgot to respond. Well, yeah. I mean, he's the one that turned Starbucks and like he's created this entire like thing because he went into Starbucks saying, hey, I heard you guys giving black people free coffee. You know, <laughs> he like recorded it. And he milked that so well because he got on all these shows. He got on, you know, he got on Fox News. He got on Alex Jones. He got on all these shows. Um, right now, he's putting out T-shirts every week that just each one is intended to completely anger left-wing people. Like he's got one. Remember the thing with LeBron and, and that one? He's making fun of Trump or whatever. And so now he creates a T-shirt of Trump dunking a basketball with like the number 45 on it. <laughs> it's like it's Michael Jordan. You know, <laughs> just like he totally mocks and profits from mocking his customers. He's very yeah. good at it. And I think you would get a lot of ideas just seeing how he does it. He does it like daily, it seems. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've. This is not really my comfort zone. This isn't. I mean, I come from an academic background. I'm. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But I'm not. I'm not as good at sick burns as people like Vox or almost anybody like my friend Michael Malice, who's the master at it. I'm. I'm slow to the to the punch. I'm not. I'm not as quick as these people. Yeah, but you did. I thought you did a good job. I mean, you made us look. If you did nothing but turn it into a sale, like you did. Yeah. And you oh, know, did I? You could also like create a fundraiser out of something like that and get all of his haters to like donate to a good cause and show that you're not just virtue signaling, you're actually doing something about yeah. it, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are ideas. All right, Shane, uh, what do you, what say you? <laughs> uh, yeah, really. Um, I was thinking, you know, hip hop culture really is about coming together and collaborating, right? That's why Tom, previously we talked about um, if you could even get to live to come on your show. That, that would, would be awesome. awesome. Right, um, because I was discussing this with uh, with our friend Lauren, who's an abrasive, who's an email player. So that means she follows both Ben, myself, etc. Subscribes to our like monthly newsletter. I think I know the Lauren you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she yeah. Li- she lives in New York. She's lived hip hop culture. So I-, I was talking with her about all this, and we were discussing how powerful it would be if you guys could do some sort of a collab. And it was like we were talking about if you did the Talib Kweli tag on Twitter right? As a campaign, when you said you were going to go to New York with that money that you made, and you'll say, okay, I'm at the Met, Talib Kweli tag, come see me, let's talk, right? Total neutral, you're not trying to antagonize them, you're not trying to do anything malicious, you just genuinely want to have a conversation with him. Because Lauren and I both had this theory, Tom, that you and Talib, just like I said, Ben and I are, you and Talib are exactly the same as well. You're just in two different scenarios. Whoa, whoa. That's that's a hardcore analysis there. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but it goes more with your personality, Tom. Like me and yeah. Shane, we're blast people. 
But if that's not your thing, why not? That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, so, but some people I really do let have it. And yeah, I tell well, you, it and, gives and here's me the such thing. pleasure. Here, here's the <laughs> thing. You can let him have it, right? But give, give him opportunity in a way that he's good at. Because as I've seen on Twitter, when he represents himself writing, it's not very well thought out. But when he gets on the microphone or when he's in an interview and it's verbal, he comes across totally different. I used to have the same issue before Ben helped me get good at copy, right? And so because I didn't know how to communicate in written form, what I was putting out there wasn't bringing in the right people, right? It wasn't talking the right message in the right tone, in the right language. But now it does. Now I know because my thing is targeting. I know exactly how to look into a demograph or people and connect with those people. That's my thing. That's my gift, right? And you can use that. Uh, Problem with this whole thing is I've got not very many rules about what it takes to come on my show or for me to engage with somebody. I don't have that many rules, but one of them is, I think this is just a bottom line fundamental rule. If you call me a Nazi or a Klansman, (laughs) you ain't coming on the show. Well, see, those are the ones you should have on your show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Tom, at the very beginning of the show, I asked you if you were a Klansman. How come you didn't hang up on me? Because you're Shane Hunter. You know it's all BS. Right. But I told you Talib Kweli is just like me. See, but, Paradigm shift, right? Yeah, no, no, the, no. You're, you're screwing here, here's with the me, thing. man. No, well, well, here's the thing. You got to understand that this man is somebody who is in line with Minister Farrakhan, right? Who understands yeah. COINTEL Pro. Okay, so now that we know that this guy understands how that stuff works, tell me that you don't think he could possibly be messing with you just for the ratings himself. And for maybe a 4-3 tweet. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's trying to get that, the fourth yeah. person. As you said yourself, <laughs> he gets three retweets. How many do you get, Tom? Well, I mean, depends on what it is, but I mean, I can get hundreds. Right? You don't think he wants that? You don't, well, think, you don't think Talib Kweli wants Jay-Z dollars at the end of the day? He's also going after a guy who's about at my uh, level, Eric July, who's a yeah. who's a he's got a metal slash rap band that is actually pretty darn good and has had had some success. Yeah. But again, he's he doesn't have a million followers. And uh-huh. yet Talib has been going after him. I mean, we're going right. on. I'm not. This is bizarre. So I mean, now ben, think of the pattern days. There. Solid, solid, just a little sleep. And then solidly. That's, I mean, is he really doing that just for a few retweets? I mean, there's there's definitely something a little bit off about the guy. No, he's not doing it for the retweets. What he's doing it is for the gained exposure. Every time he does that with every single person. Tom, I've taught you this in my abrasive mentoring and in my masterclass, right? That you can turn each one of these individual chaotic events, which he does on the regular, sometimes several times a day, right? All it takes is five people from every one of those people, and you do that two or three times a day, that's 15 people a day. How fast does that build a list? How fast does that start selling your albums or your hit singles? Just because somebody wants to hear it, they might not even like it. They might buy it just to trash it, right? But at the end of the day, it moves units, right? And he's playing a very complex game. This guy's been in the entertainment industry for what, 25 years? Yeah. He hangs with Minister Farrakhan, and he hangs with, um, with like, some of the oldest cats in like blues and jazz, like Harry Belafonte, right? First platinum recording artist ever, right? To sell a million records. Was one of the first investors in hip hop, right? And that's who Talib is connected to. So on the surface, it looks like he's blasting out all these people. But how many times have you guys seen me do that? With guys like Sean Whalen, (laughs) right? Or Scott Olford. I'm giving these guys mad street cred right now because they don't even deserve to come out of my lips. But I will just for the sake of illustrating my point. But you see, every single time Talib does this, more people pay attention. And sometimes it gets attention on other sites, right? So then it syndicates that attention. So 15 people that day might become 150 because they really like what he said that one day. And that's a hit. Right. So instead of 15, you get 150 that day and you're building a list every single day and it's consistency. And he's been doing this for how long? Just think about since the beginning of Twitter. Right. You said he's got 1.1 million followers. I wonder how many of those followers were there at the beginning of Twitter and no longer use it. Yeah, it's possible. Sure. Right. So think of that. This guy's got 
a huge following. It doesn't mean that they're active. Some of them might be bots. Some of them might be dead accounts, etc. But we know he's got active following because we know that he sells records. He's a respectable artist. He's a great artist, right? I'm just making the argument that I believe that he's smarter than what is being portrayed on his Twitter account. And I think that he is intentionally using it in the same way that you're questioning Ben and I on how to do this. I think that Talib is a masterclass in how to do this. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I wanted to switch gears a minute, but I'm not, I'm not sure I should, you know, I made, here's, here's one thing that happened in the, uh, in the conversation. Yeah. At one point, I, I mean, I was just trying to get under his skin. I'll admit it. I mean, sometimes you'll never believe this. People are childish on Twitter. You know, as so soon as happened. we get into reactionary mode, we're always that way. So I was kind of letting him have it like, uh, you know, how come, you know, he's all up in arms about Trump and how come he won't say the same thing about Obama? And it turns out he dug up like two or three tweets where he had said the same thing about Obama. And, yeah. you know, I didn't know. I was rolling the dice there. You know, I was just I was just trying to show uh, yeah. a couple of points. So I said, all right, you know, look, hey, I, look, I was wrong and I'm, I'm really glad to see that. Now, meanwhile, he's called me the worst things in the world. So if right. I was wrong on a scale of zero to 10 at about a two, he's wrong at a nine. 9.8. But I was, you know, I'm a gentleman. So I said, look, I, you know, you're right. And, and uh, I was wrong about that. So he has retweeted that screenshot over and over again. And he thinks that's showing what a bad guy I am. And so he'll say, hey, you know, did you forget that you said you were wrong? And so I thought, well, okay, so I guess that was a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't have said I was wrong. So okay. every time so, he retweets so here, it, I feel so like saying, you, well, anyway, go ahead. What, what do you think about that? A challenge to me would be to tweet to him, right? engage him in that. How can you get him to do the same thing? Because you're asking essentially for a different arrangement, right? You got, or he got you to admit that you were wrong. You haven't gotten him to admit that he's wrong. So get him to admit that he was wrong. Say to Lib, you called me a Nazi. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, I've done that I repeatedly. Not do, does, does nothing. <laughs> it does nothing. Can you please admit that I'm not a Nazi, that you were wrong? Did you say it like that though? Or in a way like that. No, no, I did. But on, on Shane, I swear to you, I'll, I'll, we'll go double or nothing on what I pay you for the consult because <laughs> there is no way that that's, that's going to proposition. He, because, <laughs> because to him, just holding three or four of my views makes me a Nazi or whatever, whatever all the crazy things he wants right. to say. So there's no, there's no getting that to change. And secondly, okay. he's not, to him, this is a power play. It's, aha, I got this guy to buckle. It's not buckle, it's that I'm honest. And I don't think there's any of that coming out of him. I want to switch gears a bit, though, on this. So, yeah. Ben, what I learned from you is, because uh, I've seen it from you, is that when you get criticized, and you get criticized, uh, you know, in the copywriting world, sometimes they'll say, um, <laughs> they don't, yeah, they don't like your, <laughs> they don't like your attitude, or they don't like whatever it is, or you, you know, you email too much, and you're giving bad advice, and you know, whatever they say, and you generally don't spend much of your time in the mud going out there and saying, hey, how dare you say this? Look at all my credentials and all the uh, the testimonials I have from the top people in the industry. You just think to yourself, you see dollar signs when that happens. How do you translate that image in your mind of dollar signs into actual physical dollars? Well, you know, it all starts with the fact that um, I consider myself better than them. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, like, oh, like what was that part? Um, can we beat that one out? In the movie, in the I'll take the first Avengers movie. Remember when Loki comes down and he's like, <laughs> a boot doesn't really have a quarrel with an ant. I mean, that's how I look at them. I don't take them seriously. I I, th I see them as like little siblings or something that I can tease, or whatever. They're not like serious to me. So when someone attacks me, and I, I think you should do the same thing. That's what it comes down to. They're they have some kind of weird insecurity or something. I don't know what it is, but I'm like. Like if I see an opportunity to profit from it, I'm going to profit from it. And I'm going to profit it by mocking whatever they said, maybe even having you know, a lot of fun with it, turning into reasons to buy, which is the part I thought you did well, actually. I think you did, you made, you turned it, even if you didn't do it in the same style or whatever, like that I would do it or Shane would do it, you still did it. I mean, you won. I don't think you understand this. You actually won, but you're not winning if you apologize for something or say you're right about something. You, you just can't do that because you're being a gentleman. Most people are not gentlemen. <laughs> you know, yeah. can't yeah. play by 
rules. Yeah, but on the other hand, it, it does signal to my people that, hey, this is the reason you guys follow me in the first place, that I'm I'm a seeker of truth, and if I'm wrong, then I'll tell you that I'm wrong. And that's why, the, and that reinforces them. And yeah, you know, there is something decent about this Woods guy, despite what this crazy lunatic says. Well, unless you were, unless you were actually... I mean, look, you got to do what you got to do to protect your brand. I'm not saying you shouldn't have done that or not. I'm just saying it didn't surprise me at all at one bit. (laughs) Because you got to understand, look, you read Vox Day stuff. What does he say? Social justice warriors always lie. They always project and they always double down. Yeah, it's true. So if you go in knowing that, how can you possibly take anything he says seriously? Just by the fact that he's a social justice warrior. I, I can't. I literally, it's nothing personal against them, but that's their game they play and it happens all the time. So if you go in knowing that, why would you take anything seriously? Why would you not actually just have fun with it and, you know, however you want and profit from it? Like but Ben Settle, at the end of the day, are you white? No, I am not white. No, I'm right. <laughs> have you ever shaved your head? Yeah, I've shaved my head. Nazi. Double dip. Boom! Wait, does the does the does the picture you, you put just up got colleague? You're not allowed to keep talking. Wait, hold on a second. Did you pick, <laughs> are you going by the picture that you put up earlier today of me and my shaved head? Yes. <laughs> that wasn't technically shaved. I mean, I still that, have some that hair. was inflammatory. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, I not use the moniker the abrasive entrepreneur right. entrepreneur so, for nothing. So, Come on. so how do you so how you okay? So let's say that happens, right? Yep. Why do you why'd you call it Tlebed? <laughs> I don't sued. know. I just feel like I'm butchering it every time I say it. Okay. I feel horrible for this. Well, whatever. Right? Let's say let's say that happens. Oh, you're a Nazi. Okay. You say, well, you know, Nazis need loving too, and here's why you're wrong. <laughs> and now he's given you an. He there just created he created a vulnerability by attacking you. This is a you know self defense one on one. Somebody attacks you, whether it be a punch, a dive, trying to kick you, they create a vulnerability. So if you simply get out of the way of it, now you can attack. And that's how I look at this kind of stuff. Go ahead and let them call you whatever you want. KKKL, I'm the grand poobah of, you know, the, whatever you live. Um, I don't even know where you live, but you're in like the Northeast probably. There's no KKK. You know? no, I'm in Florida. So it's all <laughs> the old, old people from the Northeast who moved yeah. down here. So, you know, I, I was out burning crosses, but I ran out of gasoline, you know, whatever. But let's get back to the conversation. Like you just, you, you can't take it seriously because it's not serious. And if his followers believe it, they're going to believe it anyway, yeah. no matter what you say. But if you sit yeah, there and say- Amplify what they say because it amplifies the stupidity yeah. of what they're saying, right? Yeah, and if, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you repeat it, right? I'm a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Nazi. Really? I'm a Nazi? Have you seen my friends? Yeah. Right? Oh, that. Oh, by and the way, one of the things that t- <laughs> that I know Quilly is guilty of is saying, "Oh, white guys always say, see my black friend, right?" <laughs> well, it's here's right. the thing: it's not my black friend; it's my black friends. It's plural. It's every single race because I don't care. What I care about is how much of a dick people are because I'm super introverted. So that my tight circle has to be very legit, very loyal, very good, very non predatory people. Tom, you know, you know what you got to say. That's how I run my marketing too. Tom, when the next time you get called a Nazi by him, especially, you say, "Look, maybe I'm not like I'm not at the Farrakhan level of Nazism, like your friend, <laughs> but you know, whatever." And then you know, that's like calling out hypocrisy is a very good way to deal with this too. By the way, it's like you know, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. is there a K in Farrakhan? <laughs> There's three Ks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll put Has three, three Ks ever been in my said response three times. <laughs> You know, you say, if you go into the mirror and you say, you know, white people three times, Farrakhan comes out and will hit you. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Bloody Mary thing. Well, I mean, let's be honest, man. 99% of this nation is being represented by the media. And we all have this thought that everybody's acting like a fool, but we're not. It's all portrayed in media, 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 media. And we've got these like blown up versions of the most extreme versions of idiots. It's like Jerry Springer threw up a bunch (laughs) of children and that became our next generation of entertainment. And that now is what's raising our kids because we've had this same problem since what, the 70s or the 80s of families letting television, video games, et cetera, raise their kids. And then we wonder why our kids are growing screwed up, right? Why they think gender all of a sudden isn't scientific. It's a feeling right? And things like that. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, America 
is letting what we used to put in insane asylums, and I'm not saying or justifying insane asylums. I'm really not. They were bad. I was in psychology in school, and I dropped out because it got messed up. It was screwed up what they do to people. It is. And everybody in psychology is screwed up. All of the psychologists that I met, all of my professors were weird-ass people, right? (laughs) And you think those old institutions have now let these people out into the world, right? Things that we used to like tuck under the rug. And instead of like having a logical conversation about these things, we've let them propagate and we've let them essentially justify existence to the point that now where I'm down with homosexual relationships and things like that. I'm a libertarian. I'm fine with that. But I draw the line at predatory actions like pedophilia. And yet now we're starting to have the conversation, is pedophilia okay? No, it's not. And I will beat the – we need a censorship beep going on there almost. <laughs> Shane's going to go out nuclear of here. <laughs> if you ever touch a child because that's predatory, end of story, right? Yet we're, we're seriously justifying this in mainstream media now. And well, nobody because, wants because, to stop this. Because Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> you know, I, right? I, I want it to be a good movie. So we'll just like, okay, we'll just ignore the parties and Seriously. all that. You know? <laughs> well, that was Batista's argument for James Gunn. Well, yeah. this is just a, a big mob. And at the end of the day, James Gunn is talented and this is unfair. What? Ah, uh, yeah. What about the kids? Had a right, let, party? Let, let, let me jump in with just a, I mean, this is kind of the error that we've been more or less identifying throughout the conversation, the the error that it should be your goal to be universally beloved. Now, a lot of people who are universally beloved, like the, the worst presidents in U.S. history are always the ones who were universally beloved. They, they were the worst. The ones the media loved, they're the worst. So I don't, I don't want to aim for that, I suppose. But there is a part of us, naturally, that prefers, well, not you, Ben, but there is a lot of us that prefer to be liked rather than disliked. You know, but, so there is you, the, but if you want to be liked, you're going to have to be comfortable with being disliked because you because if to turn on the people you want to like, you're going to have to turn off the people. That, you, that's you exactly follow. yeah, and that's what I'm driving at is that ultimately you realize that you, what you're seeking is not is actually neither possible nor in some sense desirable. Just seek respect. You know what I mean. A lot of people are respected but not liked. Right? Yeah. A lot of people are liked who are not respected. Yeah. Um, what is portrayed as mainstream views today is screwed up, yes? Yeah, of course. So why would you want to identify oh, as that? Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't want to be respected so in those that's why circles. it's your duty yeah. to be counterculture today. Yeah, and so that's uh, that's more or less what I do. The funny thing is here I, I've got a very genial sort of persona and I, yeah. I have all kinds of people on and I'm I'm courteous to all of them and all that. And but yet – give that confidence – to be okay with people disliking you. Oh, you yeah, see? yeah, yeah. But it's just that the people who dislike me, I think, my gosh, I mean, what what more could I do for you people, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I could have well, ripped the he, heads off of half but of here's, people. But here's the question to that, or the answer to that question always is to try to understand them, even if you don't like them. Even if they are indeed an enemy, try to understand them. If nothing else, you'll gain tactical and strategical advantage. Okay, Fair enough, but not to understand them because then I can engage with them more effectively. No, because generally, the people who are against that. me are not interested in an honest no, debate. No, I said understand <laughs> them. The I said understand them because the very first book that I ever rewrote in copywriting, a thing to do to get good at copywriting is to write out old sales letters. When I was 18 years old, the very first book that I ever wrote out by hand but wrote in my own words was The Art of War. So you have to understand that when I say to understand somebody, it's not butterflies, rainbows, and happy hippies and unicorns, okay? It's exactly what it is. It's understand them fully, totally, because then you know exactly what's coming down the pipeline from them. Your arguments are already set in stone, and that's why when you tell Ben Settle something, he says, oh, yeah, that gave me five email ideas. That's why earlier, when I gave Ben the layup about being a Nazi, he managed to turn it into a slam dunk. Okay, l- let me ask you guys one quick uh, question here. I want to give you an example of somebody. Let's take the example of Ron Paul. Now, this is an extremely mild-mannered guy. Yes. He 
could not bring himself to say, hey, such and such candidate is full of it and blah, blah, blah. Because his view was, I don't want to get caught up in personalities. I want to stay entirely focused on the ideas. He couldn't even bring himself most of the time to say, as president, I – because even that was drawing him out of the world of ideas. And so now at the same time, if you challenged him, he would stand his ground and look you in the eye and stick with what he had said. Right. But he wasn't a Twitter troll. He wasn't coming up with snappy replies. He wasn't uh, He wasn't doing any sick burns. And yet somehow that mild-mannered guy – attracted a massive following despite a media blackout. So what do you guys in the abrasive and email players' worlds, how do you respond to the phenomenon of Ron Paul? He brought on disciples who did it for him. All right, well, that's certainly true because I was one of them and I was much less kind than he was. But Ben, what do you think? Well, you also remember he lost. (laughs) You know, I mean, like who won? I mean, now here's, there's a reason. And I've thought about this a lot lately, not in Paul's case, but just in general. You, and, and I know I, I keep bringing Vox up in this because I've learned a lot from him, but about this, there's dialectic and then there's rhetoric, right? <laughs> and Paul is a dialectic guy. You can't fight someone using rhetoric with dialectic and you can't fight someone using dialectic, you know, hey, ben, the other way around. What's Donald Trump? He would be completely rhetoric, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah. You and you can't fight him with dialectic, which is what the and left is. rhetoric managed to win the presidency. That's what I'm you know, saying. Hillary tried what? She's trying to, she tries a dialectic. Holy crap. We got clues going on. See, dialectic is good for one-on-one, but not for mass persuasion at all. Exactly. So, And frankly, not for Twitter battles. And sometimes yeah. I'm trying to, I don't want to say I'm trying to be Hillary Clinton for heaven's sake, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> mass, people are thr- uh, sorry, mass minds don't think, they react. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, geez, I've had to, I have, I've had to change my ways, you know, for the past few years. Not again, not to become a jerk, but just to become effective, to realize what works and to to realize how you, you know. You have to realize emotion sells, logic, facts, reason, just back up the decision that you already made on the emotion. It's hard. This is a hard message to hear. It's a hard message to hear. But this is why Ben and I are good at this and why people pay us a lot of money to teach them this stuff. Because this stuff is hard to hear. And Ben and I spent a lot of time sleeping under our desks and (laughs) driving in a minivan that was purchased for $200 Canadian that had a hole in the gas tank that spit gas on the road as it drove down the road from Canada to the United States as an illegal immigrant who then got deported and then came back the right way. Weird. These are just random stories, and I bet you can't guess which of those stories belongs to who. Um, But at the end of the day, we've had to come up and we've had to fight our way through our own minds, right? And through our own conditioning. Well, you know, you know, that wasn't me, the stories about, because they don't let us KKK and Nazis up in Canada. So Canada is a pure country. (laughs) What? That is one interesting thing, though, is Canada is, so there's a big difference between Canada and the United States. Well, there's many, but one of the fundamental differences is that Canada is a multicultural society, whereas the United States was always intended to be a melting pot society, right? You come to America and you assimilate, you become American. When Canada was created, it was a dominion of the United Kingdom. Right, we rebelled against that down here in the United States because we said, "F you, we're individuals." Right? Canada's like, "Meh, we could be individuals, but yeah, ah, 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 we're building our igloos, and it's hard enough just surviving." So, yeah, right. So they didn't, and so multi multiculturalism took hold and shaped Canada, and we were okay with every single culture out there except for Native Americans, who we viciously kicked under the rug, like worse than America did. Right. And yet we want to pretend like Canada is on some sort of high horse, okay? But it's all perspective, right? People, when they're saying, well, I'm going to move to Canada if Trump becomes president. You have no idea what Canada is like. I left Canada. No, it's not like Rwanda. No, it's not like Afghanistan. But I left because of political beliefs, because of economic beliefs, because of business beliefs, because I felt that I was an individual. And in Canada, that's not respected. In most parts of the world, that's not respected. In America, it is. So that's why it's a beautiful thing that we embrace all these cultures, no matter how weird they are. And we embrace people that are, and we don't embrace, but we, we understand our enemies and we understand everybody, right? As much as we can, because there's something to be learned from all of this stuff. 
right? But and that's Tom. That's what you take from these trolls, right? Is you look at the overall picture of what they're saying. Yes, they're attacking you, but why? What does their history say? Wait, how repetitious is this? Yo, Taleb, why do you call everybody a Nazi, man? Why are you so closed down to dialogue? Yeah, but see, no, nah, but see, no, nah, th- I think that sounds like you're coming from a position of weakness. Then, oh, come it's on, not, hey, be nice. I'm not doing that. And I'm certainly no, not. Gonna- I'm not telling. I'm not telling him be nice. I'm not saying doing that. Do this for me. I'm saying, yo, you are a hypocrite because you claim that you're this big, open-minded dude that's all for creative expression and for hip hop, which is all about unification. But then this is how you are in real life. Checkmate. Hey, well, that's you're the not hip hop. That's the whole SJWs always project. He's pro- when he's calling you Nazi, he's projecting onto you. That's that. Why would you take it seriously? It's like if you're a Nazi, Talib Kweli is not hip hop. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, it's not like no. I, I want to first of all, let me just clarify something. I'm not losing sleep because this guy I never heard of since till last well, week I is know, calling me. I mean, I'm not actually, but but I do want to point out that it's not so much that it gets under my skin. It would it it used to. But mm-hmm. but and and now I realize people saying this just want to you know uh, it's actually comforting to know that oh no they don't actually believe this they just want to destroy me and I thought oh okay well, <laughs> at least I can understand because of course it's preposterous well, and here's even the they, thing Tom, like, if you he were under CIA and, if, hang on a minute hang on, if he yeah. were under CIA interrogation and they said do you think Woods is a Nazi of course he's going to say no you know right. so I so I know he's doing this just for his own purposes right. so that makes me feel a little bit better but but the thing is it's just it's not that it. It's not that it, I take it seriously. It's that it, I'm just bewildered that it happens. Well, I, mean, I get it. But think of this. You've spent your whole career proving that you are genuinely, and I believe this, you are genuinely a free thinker. You're open to dialogue. You're open to new thoughts and new ideas. You want freedom. You want the best for everybody, right? Yeah, I mean, after, yeah. yeah so, of and course. So, and so calling you a Nazi might not bother you directly, like an irritation, like you get genuinely like worked up, right? But the, the lack of truth involved will always irritate you because you've spent your entire life doing that. Now, look at what I did with that representation of Talib Kweli. What's he spent his entire life trying to be? Hip hop. So look where I took that. You asked how we do this. I showed you. All right. Listen, let's wrap things up with- Does that uh, make sense though? Yeah, it does. It okay. does. It does. But I, I want to, let's, let's try and come to some resolution here. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, People should follow you guys, and I want them to do that. So for in Ben's case, they should hop on his email list at bensettle.com. I'm going to give each of you a chance to talk in just a second, but but you got to be on Ben's email list. And see, Ben is like me in the sense that as soon as you see his name in the from line, you know automatically you have to open it. Maybe maybe you won't open it for an hour. Maybe you'll open it right away, but it will get opened, right? So Because I mean, you see Tom Woods, what are you going to do, delete that? Come on. So you want to be on Ben's list because you're gonna you're gonna really see the master. You're gonna see the guy I learned from, and you're maybe you'll even say, ah, okay. I, I, now I'm starting to understand Woods a little bit better. So BenSettle.com, absolute definite. Shane, what is your online real estate where I should direct people? Really, abrasiveads.com is the easiest thing to do. Go there, opt into my list. You'll get a free training that I tie Maslow's hierarchy of needs into advertising and how that works out. Uh, It's one of Ben's favorite trainings, but to talk on Ben real quick, I've been laid out in bed with nine, (laughs) 10 out of 10 pain every day for like three years. And Ben is the guy that, as my friend, taught me how to restructure my business to sell product instead of services right? But to do that from bed with just an email or a Facebook post a day. So now think about that. I'm making six figures a year from bed. What is everybody else's excuse? That's what Ben will teach you. That's what I amplify. That's how I structured my business was to take what Ben does and to help amplify that. A lot of his students end up coming over to me and those are some of the best internet marketers in the world. All right, Ben, do you have a final word uh, either about yourself or about any of this or what would you say, especially since most of my listeners are not email marketers, although I've tried to persuade them that you should have an, you should do something online and build an email list. Some people hate money. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I, I try my best, but um, what would you say to them? But well, they love I'll, you guys, like they listen to you guys and they love it. Yeah, I, well, I'll say this, and this, this applies to not only the thing that happened to you, but just to anything that happens where somebody attacks you. Realize what it is. It's a gift, right? 
And the problem is, and this is this is now a, this is why it's a gift for you, Tom, because if you don't have to spend time getting ready, you can actually take advantage of these things, and now you will always be ready, and you weren't before. So now you're ready, and now you don't have to spend time getting ready. And this goes with your emails, so you can capitalize on stuff. If you're going to be on social media, like Shane, you know, I know he does the same thing just with Facebook. You're on it, you profit from it, you can do it. It's not hard, and uh, that that's all I got to say on it. All right, guys, abrasiveads.com and bensettle.com. Go to these, opt in, and you're going to thank me. Maybe you won't thank me next week or next month, but you will come back and thank me. Uh, maybe you'll want to thank me with a big fat check. Who knows? But you're <laughs> going to thank me because I want to thank these guys. And uh, I've worked with, or I haven't worked with Ben, but I've studied with Ben uh, longer than I've known Shane. And Ben, all I can say is you have made my life 10 times more comfortable than it used to be. I mean, ah. both financially well, and in terms of, really um, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, I'm one of the, the slacker, slacker you know, students You're not going to Shane's story about being laid up in a hospital with a broken No, back that's or... right. No, no, no. That's absolutely true. But honestly, between, but also the lifestyle I lead and the, the way that I could take this situation. And again, looking back on it in retrospect, say, well, I might not have handled it, you know, 10 out of 10, but the thing is I walked away at a profit out of a situation that before would have just plain annoyed me and I would have wound up with zero, I say that's an unambiguous progress. Trolls are gifts, you know? Yeah. That's what they are, so. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. Become your, what they are is your unpaid marketing intern. You made them your unpaid marketing intern. And that's yeah. great. You should do that with more people. Oh, <laughs> I know. But if I say if I say I made you my unpaid marketing intern, he'll say, what do you think I am, a slave? And then I'm opening oh, up a whole no, other no, can of worms. He doesn't like capitalism. <laughs> you should be all for that. It should be okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you guys so much. All right. Thank awesome. you, man. Thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for today. Now, by the way, remember, I have a sister podcast that I do once a week. This one is five days a week, of course, but I do once a week Contra Krugman with Bob Murphy. And this week, Bob's traveling, so I'm going to be doing the show without him, and I'll probably have a fill-in host or two. And I think that topic that I came up with that I was going to do for the Tom Woods show, namely Elizabeth Warren's plan to save capitalism, I think we might actually examine that as a Contra Krugman episode instead. I think I may do that and clear um, another spot on the Tom Woods show schedule to fit in some other folks. So that topic has got to be addressed. So if you have not started listening to Contra Krugman, now is a great time. You know, with Bob out of town, now you can, you know, I can get a word in edgewise. You, it's a good time to, nah, I'm just kidding, to tune into Contra Krugman. Contra Krugman can be found over at ContraKrugman.com. So you got the Tom Woods Show and Contra Krugman. I don't know, what else do you need in your life other than maybe getting on the email lists of uh, Ben Settle and Shane Hunter. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time.